Thank you for tuning into the Hope When There Was None podcast. And here we share stories to educate you, to empower you and inspire. So thank you for listening and tuning in. Please do me a favor and share if you have a favorite episode, or maybe you think somebody else that needs a dose of positivity and to maybe break open some of the darkness, let there be light. So thank you again for all of your support and encouragement. I hope you enjoy this episode. I am, I am. And hello, this is Mo Linda from Hope When There Was None. Thank you for joining us today. And I can't tell you, well, I said I'm excited about it. I guess that's what we're just chatting about. I cannot begin to tell you how inspired and remarkable her story is. And I do have, I say, I probably say that about all of our guests, but man, this just, I told her, I just would wish I would live close so I could just scoop her up and give her a hug. It's just phenomenal. I'm not going to talk too much because I really love for my guests just to share their story. And you've gone on to heal and help many others heal in their own journey. I got I got goosebumps. I do. I have the bumps. So I'm gonna let you take this away, Sorsha. Yes. So Go ahead. To be here. It's so lovely. Your energy is just on fire. It's lit. <laughs> You're lit. It's wonderful to be here. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Um. So my name is Sorsha McAloon. Um. And you can probably tell I'm from Northern Ireland, my accent. My name is Irish, Irish for brightness, actually. Oh, is that what that means? Oh, yeah, it's beautiful. That's what it means. Um, and yeah, so I am, yeah, it's funny how the universe leads me to places, right? Yes. So I am, I spent 11 years as a police officer here in Northern Ireland, a career I absolutely loved. I really loved it. Um, it was exciting and thrilling, and it really matched my feisty, strong, independent personality, really. And then 26 years of my life caught up and bit me on the ass and blindsided me and just swiped swiped the rug from an under me um and that was where I was just I didn't know that I had trauma okay I didn't know that I had trauma or abuse because you know I was successful I was high functioning I was achieving there were no red no red flags um and yeah and then it just all caught up with me and I went from my life being together five bedroom house career, relationships, car, material things, holidays, to not being able to get out of bed. Just not being able to get out of bed, not functioning, not wanting to, no zest for life. Um, and I couldn't see how it was gonna get any better. I, It was like your life was like water and you were trying to hold on to it in your hands and it was just, you know dripping there was nothing i couldn't it was just my life was crumbling away and um that was just from 26 years of holding in a secret that i had been abused as a child that i had lived through trauma growing up in northern ireland that was normalized minimized and so was my own personal trauma mm. and 
then I pretty much spent the guts of a year in bed um, on medication, hiding away from the world. Also not being completely honest about how I was feeling and what was really going on. I could put on a front still in front of people if I really had to. Um, but inside I was dead. Mm. Inside I was just like, would a boss just come along and put me out of this misery and do it for me? Um, and my biggest fear really was, what if this is it? What if this is my lot in life and it never gets any better if I never get back to my life? That was my biggest fear because it was out of my control. And and I see it now with the women that come to me, you know, they're, they're heading for burnout. Their relationships are falling apart. They're not speaking to their siblings. They're, there's a fallout in the family. They have a disconnect with their children. And they're really suffering. But they don't always connect that it's to do with maybe earlier issues, earlier trauma in their life. And there's a lot of suffering. There's a lot of suffering when we think we've let it go. We think we've mm-hmm. coped with it but it's, it's there always bubbling underneath the surface. Um, and I would have described myself, I could have been like a volcano just bubbling and simmering under the surface and then just my, lose my temper, my anger, my rage. And not at anybody or anything in specific. It could be on my own. It could be on my own in the car. It could be, um, and I had absolutely no idea why. Wow. I didn't know why. Yeah. Yeah. So I I really, you know, my internal thinking at the time was thinking, if I if I can I live the rest of my life like this? Will I opt in to stay in life or will I opt out? Right. Because I don't know that I can just plod through life. And I have described it so many ways. And the way I always describe how it felt was as though I was being told to climb Everest without a Sherpa, without an oxygen tank and with concrete boots on. That's how difficult and hard life felt. And it didn't, the me inside did not match the feisty, strong, independent police officer that, you know, was brave and courageous and there was just such a mismatch and a disconnect. And I felt like a fraud. I felt like, you know, God, if people really knew, really knew. Um, and then, of course, you, you try all the usual things. You, you do everything your doctor tells you to do and you go to the talk therapy. And it's, and it's so in vogue to have a therapist or a psychologist or a psychiatrist or whatever, a shrink. Um, I tried CBT, I tried Reiki, medication, you name it, I tried it because I thought I cannot live like this. There has to be something. And then the so-called experts would say things like, you just have to learn to live with it. It's just mm-hmm. a part of who you are. Don't try to reject it. And you're like, are you, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Who, who says that? When you already feel in utter despair about your life and somebody from the field of expertise says, 
It's just something you have to learn how to live with. Oh, that did not sit well with me. I thought, no, this is not something I have to live with. This is not something I am prepared to bring around with me, dragging around. It's not, it has already robbed me of so much of my life that I'm never going to get back. So I just wasn't prepared. I thought, no, I will, I, I will take my last breath trying to find a solution to come up with something that will get me past this and let this go. Because I, I, I refuse to believe that you cannot heal from trauma. Refuse to believe it. And I will never, ever be an advocate of um, talk therapy and talking about it. I am an advocate of telling your story because if you've been like me, you've had to, you've kept it secret. You've been, your voice has been silenced. You've been told to be quiet, be a good girl. Don't stir the pot. Um, just get over it, build a bridge and get over it. You know, you've been told those things. So yes, I absolutely believe in telling your story and coming forth and speaking up and sharing it. I don't believe in rehashing it wake in and wake out and somebody asking you how it makes you feel can i give you an amen on that thank you yes yeah yeah Yeah. that to me is crazy in 2021 that that is still an approach i would go to the therapist and feel worse than when i walked in and then i began to dread it when I would have to go and I would actually feel it in the pit of my stomach. But I'm sorry, go ahead. But I, I can relate. I love that you said that because the amount of women that said to me, this opened Pandora's box for me and I was just left. I didn't know what to do with it. It made me feel worse. I never, I never came away feeling good. And I was like, that should never, ever be the case. That should never be the case. And I have helped women and I can tell you, I have I, I have no idea what their trauma is or their story is. They don't have to relive it. They don't have to retell it. They don't have to rehash it. And I have to say, I have great fun with my clients. Our sessions are light. Our sessions are fun because I am doing an energy work with them of real release. They, they say to me, I feel lighter. I feel, oh my God, I can't believe I feel lighter. They feel exhausted. They often feel shattered, they need to sleep after. But, you know, I've had clients who've said, Sorsha, I've spent six years, six years in therapy trying to deal with this, and in 90 minutes we've had done and dusted, sorted down. You know, you're like, that's time you're never gonna get back. Right. We can make money, we can make, you know, more business, more careers, but you cannot make more time. Like, I can never get those 26 years back ever 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 no matter what i do so i said to your listeners who are listening don't waste one more day don't waste one more day thinking you have to live this way don't give your don't give one more day of your life thinking this is as good as it gets or i don't deserve the amount of women that tell me i don't deserve i know it wasn't my fault but I don't deserve anything better. I don't deserve to be loved. I feel guilty. And they really believe that, that, that the lot they've been handed in life is their lot and that they deserve it somehow and that they're not worthy exactly. of everything that they desire. That to me 
is the biggest tragedy in life, not the original trauma and experience. It is the years and the decades and the opportunities and the relationships and the health and the careers and the business and the families that never happen mm. because of something that happened 20, 30, 40 years ago mm. that is still impacting their life today. To have an unlived life, a wasted life, where you've missed opportunities, where you've missed relationships, where you've missed out on having a family because of fear, because you think you don't deserve it. That to me is the real impact of unhealed trauma. Yes. That to me is the real impact of, of an illness and all of those things. Or settling for one abusive, emotionally unavailable partner after another. You know? oh, my, my heart, I do. And I relate, I relate to yeah. everything you're saying, because I know before I started healing, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel love for me. I couldn't look at that lady in the mirror. I had a hard time with that. And yes, I just felt like I was going through the motions and stuck in that victim mode. I was mm -hmm. stuck there. I really was. And I couldn't see the light at the end of the tunnel. But I'm glad that you did. I'm glad that you took control of yourself and uh, your life. You did, yeah. you did that. So what was that like for you? Hard, the hardest thing. Um, and here's here's the thing, right? <laughs> here's the thing. Being in the victim stage is a part of it, right? Right. I, I really do believe that all of us go through that stage. It's like a corridor in order to get to the next mm -hmm. stage, right? And you, you go through it. How long you stay there is entirely up to you, okay? And, and we make these decisions and we think that, oh, you know, it's up to my mom and it's up to my husband and it's up to my brothers and it's up to my abuser and it's up to my, you know, teachers that bullied me or whatever to fix me. And you're like, you're not broken for starters, mm -hmm. but it's not up, it's not anybody else's responsibility, but yours for your life. And when we stay in the victim stage, it's where, we think the outside circumstances are controlling our happiness, our healing, mm -hmm. our recovery, our success, our health, our weight loss, or whatever, fill in the blank. But it's actually not. It's, it's our responsibility to make our lives happen, our happiness and our joy. But here's the thing. A lot of women and men thinks it's going to be harder they think the recovery and the healing is going to be harder than staying in the suffering and the pain. They think it's going to be as bad, if not worse, than the original trauma. So they don't do anything about it. They just stay stuck. They just stay in this looping cycle of the same energy, the same decisions, the same feelings, the same emotions, same actions, same behaviours, same habits. They don't realise that they've already come through trauma and pain. They are already strong and amazing to have survived that in the first place. Therefore, they have what it takes. In my opinion, you have what it takes. If you have suffered for 10, 20 years, six months, a week, it doesn't matter the length of time, then you absolutely have what it takes to stand up, put your hand up and say, 
I want help. I want to get rid of this forever. How do I do it? And I'm ready to show up for my life because that is going to be a lot easier than spending 20, 30, 40 years suffering and depriving yourself, living in self-denial yes. of the life that you want. Right. And now you make it sound so easy. Now for someone that's out there watching, watching us right now, because I get this a lot. Well, you make it sound so easy, Melinda, and you're making it sound very easy for someone that's listening. This might be like, oh, wait, what do you mean? And you, so tell somebody nice. that's listening out there. Yeah, because, I'm not, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, they, 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 they don't, they see you're bubbly, you're enthusiastic about what you're doing. They don't know the dark stuff. And you kind of alluded to it that there was some darkness. So it didn't, that change didn't happen overnight. Oh, no, 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 no. That, that, um, I was gray. I was beige. I was, just zombified walking through life, mm -hmm. just a zombie walking through life. The pain was excruciating, excruciating. The loneliness, because even if you had friends, even if you had support, nobody could feel it for you. Nobody could feel the pain for you and take it away. Right. So it was painful. Um, there were days that I wanted to give up. There were days that I wanted to say, you know what, it's just not worth it. But there were the days I was tired. There were the days that I needed to lie down and sleep and just maybe, you know, take a break from it all. But I kept going and I kept going until I just started working with a mentor, with a coach. Okay. Somebody who literally put their hand out and said, I can help you. I can absolutely change your life. I can absolutely get you out of this place, but you've got to jump in my lifeboat. I can't force you to get into my lifeboat. You've got to come willingly. And I was just at that point, I didn't care how much it cost. I didn't care what I had to do. It was my life became my main project. I had no capacity for anything else. But what I will say to your listeners is don't wait until you get to that breaking point. Mm. How bad does it have to get? It doesn't have to get to the point of falling apart like I did, of not functioning. It doesn't have to get that bad. And you then for me and my experience with clients, especially, you know, because I work with a lot of high achieving women, mm -hmm. so they think they can do everything on their own. Mm -hmm. I don't need anybody. I can only rely on myself because I can't trust people let me down. People, um, you know, disappoint me, so I can only rely on myself. So a lot of women think, I don't need anybody's help. I just read the book. I'll just go to a seminar. I'll just do this. And that's just not the case. That's just not how it works. Mm -hmm. And I did that, but I didn't know that was a coping mechanism. I had no idea that was a coping mechanism. I didn't know what coping mechanisms were. <laughs> to me, it was normal. It was just a normal way of living, right. but it's not normal. It's definitely not normal, but has become normalized because we minimize our pain and we think that we can't trust someone else to help us. That is the biggest mistake. That is the biggest mistake. So I would say to your listeners to reach out to anybody 
who has been where they've been and knows how to help them get out of it knows how to reach out their hand and say jump in my lifeboat i will get you there but you're the one that has to do the work you're the one that has to do the work because i can't do it for you but i will do it with you and i will guide you and i will show you every step of the way and i will get you to the other side i absolutely will got the bumps again yeah. <laughs> yeah. that's that's awesome yeah. That is awesome. And you're right. I, I can't do it for somebody out there that's watching. I, I can't do that. You know, you, you got to, I always said that I I hit rock bottom and yeah. that's when I knew, okay, I've got to do something. I don't want to live this way anymore. I don't want my abuser to steal any more time away from me with his voice in my head. That's what it felt like he was doing. So yeah. just jumping on that. And that's just, okay, here's the question. Do you have any, do you regret your path? Do you regret all that happening? Oh gosh, no, absolutely. Now, I'm, so there are specific days I remember being my darkest days, being in the eye of my storm, eyeballing my storm head on. And I remember those days. I remember those days pleading and begging and asking why why am I suffering this badly? Why am I in this level of pain? Why can I not function? What? Why are you keeping me alive? Why are you keeping me alive? Just put me out of my misery. Just let a boss come along and, and take me out of it. Just, I really begged. I really made those prayers and pleaded because I couldn't understand. Because I didn't see this far ahead. I couldn't see 10 years ahead. And now I'm like, oh, so my pain hasn't been in vain because now I don't pay my clients lip service. When they tell me how they're feeling, I know how they're feeling. I remember that pain. I know where they are. I know how terrified they are that they think it's never going to get any better. Nobody can help me. I'm a lost case. So those days that I thought my prayers weren't being answered, those days that I thought my voice wasn't being heard, there was a bigger plan for me. I just couldn't see it because I was so deep in my despair. If I had any regret, it would be that I wished, God, I got this earlier. I wish, I wish it had come out earlier. I wish, but. I also do believe in divine time and I believe in your path. I believe in how things unfold. You know, that the, the universe, God, whatever you want to call it, injects the right people, situations, circumstances and opportunities into your life at the right time for to lead you on your soul's purpose. I do believe that. So what I would say to anybody who's listening and in that place who thinks they've tried everything, if you haven't spoken or worked with me, then I would say you haven't tried everything. <laughs> and what I would say is you keep trying until you find the person that can work and help you. You don't give up. You don't settle. You don't think this is as good as it gets. I have to settle. But don't make the mistake of clinging on to the coping mechanism that that this is the way it is for you. Coping mechanisms are designed to be a temporary, short-term strategy 
to help you cope with a, a temporary stress. But when you live with a coping mechanism for 20, 30 years, mm -hmm. you know, that's a crutch then, that's a, that you're not living. You're not living. And yes, the person I am today is nothing like the person I was 10, 10 years ago. It's night and day. But I my life was worth it because now it's like, you know, a spider's web that has just filtered out or a ripple effect of a wave because of what I chose to do and not give up and do the work. Now I've impacted somebody else's life and their children's lives and their partner's lives and their colleagues' lives. And then they've gone on and it just filters out. So one person can make a difference. And, the, and I made a difference in my life and all of your listeners can make a difference in their life when they stop saying no to themselves, when they stop the self-denial and say, you know what, maybe, maybe there is a possibility that I am worth more and I am deserving of the help. And just even give yourself, even open, be, just say, I'm open to the possibility of believing that I am worthy and deserving of help. Even if they can't, even if right now it doesn't feel possible, that they're just open to that possibility. Oh, that's powerful. That is powerful. Those words are powerful. Yeah. Wow. That is. Yeah. Because that allows your brain, your subconscious mind, because when, when you do it a very definite, I'm definitely not worthy, or I definitely am, and it doesn't feel true but when you say i'm open to the possibility of something different i'm open to the possibility that just maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong about my self-worth and deserving because we're taught self-worth right, right. self-worth is taught we are worthiness is taught like no baby is ever born unworthy no baby says, I'm not going to cry because I'm just not worthy of a hug or I'm not really worthy of getting changed and being dry and clean and I'm not worthy of being fed. We're taught that. We're taught those things. So it's time to unlearn that. It's time to unlearn it and question it and say, what if they were wrong? What if I've been wrong all this time? There's I love That is. That is. And even taking that step to empower yourself by saying, okay, I can't do this talk therapy anymore. That's just not working. Being able to be strong enough in order to say, okay, I, I can't do this or I can't work with that person. Maybe you could find a different person if this is something that you want to do or medication. They might know my doctors kept pushing medication on me. Well, you, you know, you're depressed. Here's a pill and there's a side effect. Here's another pill for the side effect. And I just became so disenchanted with um, our medical you know, society there and the doctors are practicing medicine. So <laughs> a lot of approaches, whether it's medication, whether it's a type of therapy, a lot of approaches try to focus and deal with the symptom, PTSD, depression, flashbacks, low self-worth, anxiety, whatever. I don't, I don't do labels. I don't care what you tell me you're, you have, mm -hmm. you don't have it, it is a symptom. Mm -hmm. And when we get to what's causing those symptoms and we heal that, no more symptoms. 
I like that. No more symptoms. They're gone. I like that. You get to the core of what's causing it. Whereas we are brainwashed and conditioned to dealing with my PTSD, my depression, my anxiety. It's not yours. That'll be the first thing I'd say to the, your listeners. Replace my with the start to disconnect from it. Start opening up to that possibility of, ah, oh, it's not mine. It's not my identity. It's not who I am. It is a symptom of something deeper going on. And when I deal with that, I'm free. I'm out of here. I'm unstoppable. <laughs> yes. And that's right? a great affirmation. Yes. yes. That's a great affirmation too. And I do have a, a Miss Joe. She is the best. And she has been making some comments there, but she does like that too. She really does. She likes it. She said her old life was normal for me. My whole life was normal for what I knew about life. I had to learn that there was, oh, hold on. <laughs> I had oh, to learn. Let me see these. Let's see. I had to learn. It was a better life and then worked with that is powerful, Miss Joe. Yes. was a favorite thing for me when I first said I to improve my life. I like that too. Wow. That is so true. How lovely, Joe. It's so nice yes. to have you with us. Yes, thank you, Miss Joe. Mm. Oh, and she's got a few great things here. Unanswered prayers was one of my favorites. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um yeah. Being open to the possibility of something more, being open to the possibility that maybe people who made us feel worthless got it wrong. Yes. yes. And maybe we believe, I always call them, you know, our our beliefs about ourselves, I always call them truth lies. Because mm -hmm. they're lies that we believe are true about ourselves. And they're simply not true. It's just conditioning, years of conditioning. Now, I'm going to bring something up because when we initially talked, you told me, like, you're like superwoman. You initially talked and you had just this phenomenal career as a policewoman. And then you had a moment there where you stepped away. But when you came back, several Trust. things, it was like a little bit of a mini catastrophe that happened there. Yeah. Yeah. God, I, I, and I was angry. I, you know, I was really angry because um, my career was sailing along really sailing along i had a good career i had a good life um <laughs> i loved it i was in it to the end and um and then you know in 2009 december 2009 on the 4th of december 2009 rug was just pulled from an under me kept going kept going until the january and then it was lights out i spent that year 2010 pretty much in bed um and you get a lot of pressure from work when you're in that situation. And then your pay gets stopped and all of these things to try and force you to get back to work. But I, I just, I really couldn't. But I did get back to work in the December 2010. And it wasn't the same. There was like, my light was still dull. I was still just going through the motions and existing and plodding through life. But I was really glad that I could be on an even keel of fun the medicine had me functioning. I was functioning. I spent a year back at work and in the December 2011, 
you know, there really is this thing, if you're going to keep ignoring the, the universe and ignoring the lessons that the universe has for you, and the universe is tapping you on the shoulder and saying, Sorsha, this is the pathway, and you ignore it, well, it's going to say, okay, you didn't listen, so this is going to be a hard lesson for you to learn. And, um, yeah, in, um, in one week, I got injured twice which ended up in me having to have surgery. <clears throat> there was different um, different other dynamics going on at work that, you know, were very scary because of the type of work that I was in and being in Northern Ireland. And it just was one thing after another in one week. In one week, injured twice, you know, a thing that had happened as well that I had no control over that was very frightening and then another dynamic and it was just you know i remember my manager saying I, I i don't know how to tell you this because i don't know how much more you can take i don't know at which point you're going to break but she had to give me the information she had to tell me what was going on and um and i remember going back to my doctor with my injuries from being assaulted and injured and she said to me, it was the same doctor that had put me off back in 2010, put me on the medication. She was just a life saviour. And she said to me, I have to put you off sick again. And I said, please don't, please don't. This is, I'm going to get into so much grief about this. This is just not good. This is not the best choice or option for me right now. And she said to me, um, it is my job to protect you when you can't protect yourself and you're nobody's punch bag, emotionally, physically, or psychologically, she says, and I have to sign you off. And yeah, I was signed off. And the first part of that year of 2012, going into 2012 then, was at work, off work, at work, trying to get back, Have had surgery then in the July, and that was it, yeah. My, I, I suffer pain with my shoulder and my arm every single day. And um, that was it. That was, that was the final lesson that I needed to learn. It was the only, I didn't want to learn any more lessons. I did, you know, and it's like I said to your clients or your, your listeners at the beginning, how bad does it have to get? Right. How bad does it have to get before you will sit up and listen and say, okay, I'm hearing this. I know I can't ignore this anymore. And I love that you actually help people now. You could have just went on your merry way, you're healed, you're better, but yet you went ahead, you went a step forward. Oh, but and you started helping. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to be completely transparent. I didn't want to. And I remember when I was working with my coach and he was like, this, this is your work. This is what your purpose is in life. This is what you will do. And it's so interesting. Do you know another memory that's got, just come back to me? It's just a few different things throughout my life where people have said, oh, you work with women in trauma. You work. And I was like, no, no. And my coach kept saying, you'll do this work. You'll do this work. And we had, him and I had some heated conversations because I'm capable of heated conversations. But we had hated conversations and I was like I'm not, I, you don't seem to understand I'm going back to my career 
I am a policewoman. I'm going back to my career. This is what I love doing. I'm not doing this. Why would I? Why would I spend so long getting out of the pain of trauma and abuse to go back into it to talk to people about it? Not happening. For two years, him and I fought about this. Two years, I kept saying no. And this little voice, there's always a voice on the right hand side of my head, and it just you know taps me gently on the shoulder, and I'll hear a whisper, and I will go, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> I try. Push, push it as far away as possible. And I remember eventually I was standing, I think in the kitchen one day and I had been, I'd been doing everything to not do this work. I was going into other niches. I will do everything just to not do this work. Please don't make me do this work. <laughs> Back to pleading and begging. And, um, and then I heard the voice and it was like, it said it again. I said, you know what, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not going, I'm not prepared to keep resisting and make the same mistakes that I did for 26 years of ignoring and denying. Okay, I'm all in. I'm all in. So yeah, so I went to England a number of times for my training and um and as they say, the rest is history. And now I love it. Now I can't imagine doing everything else. It isn't free when you finally release yourself because if you would have asked me the same thing and I had been, I, I always say it's a God thing because I kept running away. He was trying to tag me in and I was like, oh no, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. I kept running away from him. I really did, but it was very freeing and everything was so different once I did finally just surrender and just allowed universe God to work, to work with, work with him. It was just very, very different. It was, it, Everything was different. Yeah. Yes. Human beings really get in the way. <laughs> yes. We overcomplicate everything. We, I remember the day I had that light bulb moment thinking, oh, Sorsh, you're so arrogant to think that you know better than the universe. You're so <laughs> arrogant to think that you know how it's going to work out when you haven't a clue. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, like a teenager who thinks they know it all. <laughs> they know nothing. Yes. That's what I was yes. like with the universe. I, I know, I know, but you know, and you don't know. We can get in the way. No. <laughs> get in the way. So get out of the way and then it flows. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I thought of something else. It just okay. came to me. What did your family say and close friends when all this is going on? Or did they ever find out about what happened? Your, your secret? Oh yeah, for sure. It always causes um conquer and divide in the family. Oh. Always. It I have yet to see. I've yet to see um sometimes where there's not conquer and divide in a family where there's abuse in the family and someone has revealed it. So I come from a very big Irish family. So, you know, it was always in each other's pockets and if one family was doing a barbecue, then guess what? Everybody was there. It was <laughs> problems, you know? um, and then it just, yeah, relationships dissolved and um, sides were taken. Um, I was asked to not go public. I was asked not to speak about it. No, I was, I, yeah, my mom was told to tell me to zip it. Um, but here I am. If any of them are listening, I'm not sipping it anytime soon. <laughs> um, yeah. So further shaming. 
further shaming as if I've done something wrong. You know, look at what you've done now, having brought this out. And, you know, so there's that. Um, and a lot of the people who really got me through my darkest days, like really helped me survive, are not in my life anymore because they've they've now just done a, a complete 180. Um, and it is sad for me to say that my life is better off without mm -hmm. that toxicity, without the drama. Mm -hmm. um, and I am much better off. I'm much better off and much lighter. Um, I did have some friends who had no concept of what it was like. Mm -hmm couldn't even comprehend what it was like and they just weren't able to be there for me in the way that I needed them to be there for me mm. and that is not any judgment on them or judgment on me and it's no blame on them or blame on me but as you clear your energy clear your toxicity raise your vibration you are no longer a vibrational match for people and that's okay it doesn't have to be, there doesn't have to be anger or resentment or hurt attached to that. You don't have to hold a grudge. None of them are responsible for my feelings. You know, I don't hold any grudge, but I am just not a vibrational different match. And that's all good by me. Yeah. I don't want to go back to where I was. <sighs> Thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you. Thank you. I know someone out there that is struggling with a secret similar to yours mm. is out there right now feeling that shame and feeling maybe even a little bit of regret. So yeah. thank you. Thank you, sis, for sharing that, honestly. I really hope it lands in the heart of someone who needs to hear it. Yes. Whether I, I ever get to speak to them or they just know of somebody else that they need to reach out to, that they, that they say to themselves, I am open to the possibility that I am worthy of getting the help and breaking free from this. Oh, I've got home. like major goosebumps around this whole thing. Yeah. Wow. It yes. is. I hope that they just even write that out for themselves, see it and just go, yeah. Yeah, I'm open to the possibility that I'm worth more than this, that I'm worth getting the help. That I'm worth devoting and investing in myself. And speaking of worthy, you have a group. You have just so many different connections away. Let me see. Is this you're on Clubhouse? But you do have a group too on Facebook. And it's a free group that anyone oh, can join. Oh, absolutely. We've got over nearly two and a half thousand ladies in there. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I know I just joined. So. Oh, wonderful. Oh, great. Oh, great. Yes, um, worthy women and um, life on your terms. So it is really whether you've had trauma or abuse, it doesn't matter. It is about women helping women remember who they are, mm. who they came here to be, the women they already know they are, and for whatever reason they've been hiding or playing small. And it is for these women to remember who they are, to know they are worthy just as they are, and to start living life on their terms unapologetically. Just using their voice unapologetically. Speaking their truth unapologetically and not being silenced by 
family or friends or what people think. Standing in your power as a worthy woman, remembering, declaring and putting your stake in the ground, this is who I came here to be. Yes. And I make no apology for it. Yes. I love that. I do love that. And as I'm becoming, I'm fabulous 50, oh, with my age, right. <laughs> as I'm aging, I'm, I've actually adopted that more or adapted to that more than when I did when I was younger. I wouldn't have felt that. But now that I'm a little bit older and some of the words coming out of my mouth are a little more um, boundary for me, for others, and I kind of let things fly out of my mouth that it's like, oh, I wouldn't have said that like 10 years ago. But yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think that comes with confidence and being comfortable in my own skin and so on. Yeah. And that's with time. So all of this and all what she's talking about is with time. But again, investing in yourself finding that worthiness that you are worthy enough to do this. Oh, it, you know, in a year from now, if you take tips from her, if you listen, you join her group, if you even do her coaching, I guarantee you, you in another year, if you put in the work, you're going to be at a totally, maybe even six months from now, a totally different place yeah. than you are right now. So if you're tired of feeling the chaos, the depression and so on. And so I don't mean to sound like an infomercial, but if you're tired of feeling all of, what you are right now, I encourage you to reach out to her, really and truly reach out to her and find out what she can do for you. Thank you so much. I love having conversations. I love real connection with women, whether they work with me or not. That's not the, that's not the point. The point is connection. The point is, if I can help you close that gap, so you don't have to wait till you're 50, that you don't have to wait 20 years, mm -hmm. but I can help you close the gap of time. Yes. Because when you know how to do it, time's not a feature. It can happen like that. Yes. yes. Thank you so much. Thank you oh. so much. Thank you for all these pearls of wisdom. And if you're looking for the links, not only are they down below through this um, video here, but also in the comments section. So I encourage you to please look at the comment section. You can click on those and get her information, her group, and so on and so on. This will also be a little bit later, probably in a half hour or so on Anchor FM for the podcast. So you, can, you can't watch the video or maybe you know somebody that needs to hear this. It's going to be on a podcast form on Anchor very soon. So you can catch that link. It'll be in the comment section of this video in a little bit. But thank you so much. Oh, my gosh. So much information. And I know I could talk to you a lot longer. One, because I love to hear you talk. <laughs> you have such a gentle spirit about yourself. You know, like I thank said, it's, like I wish I lived right next to you. I know we would be besties. <laughs> can you work done? <laughs> Looking all the time. <laughs> thank you so much. It's been a privilege. It really has. Thank you. Well, thank you all for tuning in. This is Melinda from Hope When There Was None signing off. Thank you. Bye. Mwah.